Hi guys, welcome back to Strip by Sia. I'm Sia, this is my podcast. Yay, I am super excited, as I am on every single episode, about our guest today. We have talked about her in other episodes, and we are so excited to have her on the show today. We have the lovely Phoenix Rose today. Hello. It's me! Yay! <laughs> so, so, so excited. She's a pole dancer, an instructor at Tantra Fitness. She is an artist. She is enigmatic. She's wonderful. <laughs> ah, I'm so excited to be here! Thanks, Steph. <laughs> that was the longest intro ever. <laughs> I'm not biased at all. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yay! So, um, first of all, I guess we'll just kind of get into things a little bit. Can you define what you do? Who are you? Ugh, so many things. <laughs> I actually went and talked to a psychic on Saturday, and oh. like one of the things she told me was like, you'll never be anyone that has a nine-to-five job, and you do so many different things, and you should just keep doing all of them. So yes, I get a lot of anxiety about how many things I actually do and how stressful <laughs> that is. But like you said, I'm a pole dancer. I teach um, mostly exotic dance at Tantra Fitness. Woo, represent. Love Tantra. Um, I am also a visual artist, so I make films and videos, uh, performance art. I do ceramics, a lot of ceramic sculpture. And yeah, so I do a lot of different... I'm in a couple... Uh, a film collective here in Vancouver. And, a couple film collectives. Well, one is like a film collective and one is a more general like art collective support group type thing. And yeah, so that's kind of what I do. Lots of different things. So I guess I'm all just an things. artist. Yeah. I think that was like, I think I counted like five. <laughs> and, uh, and a stripper, not really anymore, but um, you know. On occasion, though. Yeah, on, on occasion. occasion, on occasion. We'll get into that. Because <laughs> if you guys were wondering, like, how the fuck does this relate to the podcast? Yeah. There you go. She, former, former stripper, but still, I guess, very Former, very, sometimes current. Yeah. And uh, make a lot of artwork about it. So. Yes. Yeah. So it is all related, guys. <laughs> so I guess, um, where where do you want to start? There's so many different avenues here. I think I want to start with you being a pole dance instructor or pole dancer. Like, how did you get into that? Because you're one of my favorite instructors. Ah, oh, thank you for all you like new you're people. One of my first students, yeah. You came to all my classes when I was teaching like a million classes a week, and you would come to all of the erotica classes, and yeah. I was like, oh. Steph's here. I've been teaching the same routine, like fuck, but you never seem to care, and no. you always seem super excited. So I was, um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess how I came into pole dancing. I was a former rhythmic gymnast when I was a kid, and then basically, you know, quit when I was a teenager, and then spent like all of my twenties just being like a drug addict, alcoholic, basically. Oh my God, <laughs> uh, wow. I did get two university degrees in that time. I went to Central Saint Martin's in London and studied fine art, and I also have a degree from University of Toronto in English and philosophy and cinema studies. I did not know so all that. somehow, uh, while I was snorting lines all the time, I also managed to get two degrees. I don't know. Yay! Um, <laughs> anyways, I eventually found myself back in Vancouver and decided that I was going to get sober and stop drinking and drugs, which was awesome. It's been seven years. Um, Congratulations! Thanks. Amazing. Um, but then I had all this energy and all this time, and I went to see Cirque du Soleil with my sister, and I was like, oh my god! I just want to be upside down. I want to be in the air. Oh my God. So all these like, yeah, like little gymnast me just got really excited. And then I ended up finding Tantra. I took a class and was just immediately hooked, which is a very common story from everyone that does pole. Yep. Became really obsessed. Like literally at the time, like I didn't have a job. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anything going on. I just like made pole my thing. And yeah, just progressed like pretty quickly, started doing competitions after about a year of doing pole. And then after about a year and a half, I started teaching. And I, it, what's interesting about that though, is because when I started, I was super like not into exotic at all. And I really, yeah, I was what? like, oh, pole dancing is cool, but I'm like a serious artist, so <laughs> I don't wear the shoes, and I'm gonna, and so I kind of just wasn't interested in it, in it at all. But at that time at Tantra, there wasn't really any other like dance classes except for exotic, and a lot of my oh. friends were doing it, and I'm like, huh, well, this is like. I feel like this is how I'm actually going to learn to dance these moves together and like learn the flow of pole dancing. And then I was like, 
wait a second, what, where are all these judgments coming from? Like, mm-hmm. why do I think that there's something inherently bad about dancing in heels in a sensual or sexual way? Because once I tried it, I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest feeling in the world. And I feel so empowered and I feel so um, like beautiful and like strong and sexy. And like, where, where's the bad thing in that? Yeah. And that's when I kind of realized I'm like, oh, I have all this internalized misogyny that was uh, indoctrinated into me from the society in which we all live. And most people, and myself included, if I hadn't started poll, probably, don't even question that. They just take that at face value as a fact. And it makes no sense and it's completely wrong. It's really damaging to all women. Totally. So that like really blew my mind. And I just became like really obsessed with exotic style. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I, and I still teach lyrical pole and I enjoy dancing. What? Know. I've never seen you. Well, it's been a while. Okay. Cause I like, what? Pole, but <laughs> I used to, I, I never had a regular class, but I would sub it a lot. And, and so I do enjoy like other forms. A, yeah. Like. Other forms of pole dance, but exotic kind of became my thing, but both because I loved it. I loved how it looked. I loved how it felt. I was good at it. And also it had all these, like, it really changed my whole way of thinking about my own body and about other women. And also the fact that I had been like this addict and I kind of like, I had never really made the choice to engage sexually with anyone ever in my entire life mm-hmm. actually because I was always fucked up so yeah you know, I had all this shame and like all this fear around my own body and like pole dance really healed that for me so right. I was like well fuck I'm so grateful I just want to share this with everyone <laughs> um yeah so that's kind of how I got into pole wow um, yeah oh my gosh that's so yeah. incredible yeah. what okay <laughs> the fact that you weren't even like into exotic before it just like blows my mind because you're such you an incredible instructor looking at me now right all no and, uh, and like everything you do now is exotic i know <laughs> i get bored without without the heels but um yeah oh my gosh yeah okay i have so many questions for you and i'm just wondering where to start there's so many different things that you mentioned here that i want to talk about so do you want to talk about how I got into stripping or do you, or do you want to leave for later? <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, gosh. I, I, I want to talk about like your, your last statements there, though, with the shame that you had there, too, because I feel like a lot of people kind of have those those judgments already, those preconceived judgments that are kind of under the surface level and um, it affects a lot of our our decisions and stuff too did you want to go into that a little bit i just think it's a really interesting angle yeah well like one one thing that i've encountered too about all this is that the people that i have had the most judgment from about the exotic style are mostly other women right and i haven't had i mean not at least to my face i've never had any male identifying person say that there was something wrong with dancing in heels or there were anything like that mm-hmm. at least not to the same degree but i have had a lot of like women say like oh well pole dancing's cool but like the heels are too much i'm like well david bowie's allowed to wear heels and i'm not yeah like, what and then but there's not really this attempt to like unpack that at all right um and what is it about dancing in heels that makes you feel uncomfortable yeah like where does that come from like i feel that's super weird because i mentioned in the last episode with danny we were talking about some like strip club or sorry strip club pole dance uh studio owners that will not even acknowledge stripping or the exotic style at all and they won't even offer classes like that you're like we're a pole fitness studio but we don't do anything sexy we're not we don't teach you how to strip and stuff like that like it's a weird it's a really weird angle, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it is very strange. And I think, you know, because you don't hear other strippers or other exotic style dancers for the most part hating on the other styles of pole dance at all. And especially when that's really where the art form originated. Came from, yeah, exactly. It's, it just speaks to, um, I mean, it's like that thing of where, you know, his, at least historically most most sex workers have had to hide their identity as a sex worker because it would affect their life in other ways. They would be able to get jobs. They maybe they wouldn't. No one, people wouldn't want to date them. Their families would reject them. All this stuff. Mm-hmm. So by and that is a fact that is still going on. So as right. like a pole studio owner or like another pole dancer saying that there's something wrong with the exotic style or you don't think it's legitimate or you don't include it or excluding that from your narrative is just reinforcing all those 
negative thought patterns that are so embedded in our society. So it's actually really irresponsible. Yeah. And it's not just like a matter of, oh, but I just don't like that style and it's my business, so I don't want to include it. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, but then you're just literally, you're not um, trying to change this very damaging narrative, narrative that you have the power to change. Yeah, I feel like it's yeah. very like irresponsible in, in some ways because mm-hmm. you're just completely excluding that whole like like strain you know what I mean so mm-hmm. um <laughs> sidebar <laughs> I also want to talk to you about pole competitions right. as well because I've you've obviously so many of those you've done so many of those <laughs> yeah. and like you've been like a huge inspiration to me like <laughs> because like I don't know if, if you guys are new to Tantra Sydney is like OG style <laughs> like, like she is definitely like an amazing 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 dancer especially in exotic form and i i feel like a lot of my style kind of came from you Aww, that's <laughs> yeah awesome. so not Thank biased you. at all <laughs> that's honestly that makes me so happy yeah because i did have to take like a a quite a long break from teaching like probably like a year and a half or something and in that time so much has changed like i don't yeah. know like <laughs> it was completely new students yeah and i'm like no one literally no one knows who i am anymore i was like, like uh, i used to teach all the classes like, right what's going on I know. So I'm like, and all because all my students are teachers now like you yeah. and like other few other people and which is like so awesome. I love that. But um, yeah, so it really makes me so happy when like, I can't believe like we're talking about, you know, th- if you were doing pole three years ago, you're yeah. OG or whatever. Because like, <laughs> I've only been doing it for six years. It hasn't been like 20. But, oh my um, gosh. Uh, yeah, it makes me so happy when I see it, like uh, someone from the old days coming to class. Like, <laughs> the olden days. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, competitions were like, like I said, I used to be a competitive gymnast and I was like like that was my goal when I started was that I wanted to compete at the BC Pole Fitness Championships and um, like I wanted to go to nationals and I wanted to do international competitions and stuff and like when I started there was definitely not as many competitions mm, so at many all. now there's so many yeah. but yeah I, I did the BCs for the first time in 2014 I think I came second and then the next year I won and then went to nationals and went to nationals again the third year in a higher category and like I basically just didn't take a break because then I did a bunch of PSO ones <laughs> Yeah. Um, I did Pole Theater USA like in 2016. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my like, gosh. That was one of the last ones I did. I did like Miss Pole Dance Taboo every year mm-hmm. for like three years, I think. And then that's I think, always fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I won Miss Pole Dance Taboo Pro Division in 2016, one of my finest moments. Ooh. <laughs> and then I think I did it like the last competition I did was 2017. The what was it? What were you talking about? The taboo. Um, Miss Pole Dance Taboo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think I came second in that one. That was the last one. And then I literally like injured myself. The, a few days later, like the, um, <laughs> oh this God. whole week, that whole week, February 2017 was like insanely traumatic. Oh my um, God. How did but, you injure yourself again? I mean, so tell the audience. Yeah. <laughs> so because, I mean, because I was doing basically like one competition after another, never resting. And when I was at that time, like I really, I taught a lot of classes, like a lot. Yeah, you did. Um, I used to be teaching like at least five days a week or like at one point it was like 10 or 12 classes a week. Yeah. Like, and it was, was like daytime so, and then the same and day, all, nighttime. Like, yeah. And like <laughs> advanced, like, oh they were all the advanced, like now I don't teach yeah. anything advanced, which is really makes me happy. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's still hard, you know what I mean? Yeah. I need to be doing like a thousand shoulder stands a week, which is like what I was doing. Yeah. And yeah. And, and also at that time, I was like working at a strip club so I and I basically was never resting at all and I had had so many injuries over the years and it just kind of basically I was actually in a in a a, taking a pole workshop with Natasha Wong oh when I actually yeah it was a great workshop but then I was doing the some combo and spin pole and this is why I, I don't really enjoy training in pole classes or in a studio with many people because mm. it really ups my like my nervous system can't handle me too the, I get the anxiety yelling, the screaming and sometimes I feel like a bad like I'm not in the community <laughs> enough because I'm not like yeah yeah like screaming <laughs> at people and all of yeah 
But to me, that really stresses me out. Me and what, too. What we're doing is very dangerous. And yeah. I need to focus. So anyways, I was doing this combo and then like 10 people started like yelling corrections at me. Oh and I God. was like, huh, what? what's going on? And I tried to turn my head like against. Yeah, you tweaked your neck or something. And then right? and I just tweaked it. And then I just got worse and worse. I had to do like a film shoot a week later where I was doing like a lot of stuff on the pole. And then the day after that, I basically like had to go to the emergency room because I just woke up and my whole like I couldn't move my body at all yeah it was really bad and I had like a complete nervous breakdown I thought my life was over I'm like I'm nothing I'm like what am I what am I if I can't pull downs like I put everything into this and like at that time I was like everything was happening it was like (laughs) I couldn't like I couldn't even believe like how much like opportunity for performing and teaching I was having and I didn't listen to my body at all and I just it like literally broke and then I yeah so I had to take like quite a long break I also got shingles right after that oh all the and then things. I was like you know, I'm just gonna stop pole dancing and gain 20 pounds and um, oh learn to love myself yeah and I did and I'm yeah. super happy again but um and now you're back so welcome back I'm back <laughs> yeah so I've been back like casual like I casually training for about a year you know yeah. teaching taking um, it easy now right listen to your body yeah it's really um you have to like I just never ever ever want to be in that position where I was before yeah of, like not even being able to function and not being able to do the thing that I love to do so much so that is so um, devastating. So I guess my advice for your listeners, not that you asked, was if you <laughs> are going to do competitions, it's a really great way to train. It's a really great way to improve. Like it's, for me, I love having a goal. So, yeah. but you don't have to do every competition. You should take breaks from competing. And I know that stuff, <laughs> don't take breaks, but I'm anyways. so bad. Or even maybe everyone's body's different. So maybe you don't need to take as many breaks, but I just know for what I, I put so much pressure on myself to like win or to do everything or to teach literally every class I possibly could yeah. because that would mean that I'm a better dancer and a better person and people love me and like I just it was all about getting outward validation validation yeah and a similar strain yeah <laughs> so, so bad. and yeah it just so really like I really destroyed my body and yeah, I kind of really changed my relationship to performing and actually I'm quite happier now teaching and, and doing it. Cause like, I know I want to do this cause I love it and I really am so much happier when I get to dance and I'm so much happier when I'm not injured. So if that mm-hmm. means I don't train as much and I don't teach the advanced classes then I'm happier that way. So, Yay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So guys take your class. <laughs> yeah. Come to class. <laughs> and take care of your body. Mm-hmm. But um, I, now I want to get into how did you get into stripping? So this also was an opportunity that kind of came to me partially through Tantra. Basically, okay. one of my, well, she, I, we met because she would come to my classes a lot, Nikki Nine Doors. Oh my gosh, yeah. love her. Yeah, we actually dated the same guy. And like, oh my gosh. So she actually was like, I've been internet stalking you for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, yeah. <laughs> um, so Nikki was internet stalking me. And he was coming to my classes and we kind of became friends through that. Like, you know, oh, we dated the same guy. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Haha. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I was teaching all the exotic classes or like everything I taught was exotic, but I had never been an exotic dancer. Mm-hmm. And I started to get really curious about it. A lot of my, not a lot, but like a few of my friends worked as dancers. And I, so I started asking her about it and... Um, was just curious and was like, yeah, I really, I'm thinking about trying to start stripping. And then she started producing a show called Retro Strip Show in 2016. And she was like, hey, are you still interested in stripping? And I was like, yes. And she's like, well, I'm doing this show. It's live music. And uh, if you don't know about Retro Strip Show, you definitely should go. I think I've been in five of five or six of them at this point. Yes. Um, It's all uh, basically the band is on stage with you. Music from usually the 60s or 70s. It's at the penthouse. has the most amazing energy. I can't even tell you how awesome it is to perform naked on stage with the band like a meter away from you. And (laughs) everyone is so amazing in the audience. It's just like a really great empowering night. Oh, well, actually, did you know that I sing also? And she's like, oh my God, it's meant to be. So um, (laughs) she cast me in the first one. And definitely, I think I did before that I maybe did like a couple amateur nights or something like that didn't win or anything um, yeah. but she cast me in the show and I was like <gasps> 
this is the greatest job ever. Like, this <laughs> so I started really being like, ooh, I want to try this. I think I went in like VIP'd somewhere one night and was like, I'm oh way God. too tired for this. This is completely different. I feel like I could enjoy it more now, now that I know what it is. But at the yeah. time I was like, I don't have the time or energy for this. I don't care. This is hard. Like, I, It is hard. <laughs> it's, very, it's almost like more draining than doing a stage show, really. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. So then I she cast me in the second one again. And then right after that, like the she, the club where she was working, and a lot of my friends worked. One of their main headliners was leaving the club. They needed someone to fill the spot, and like her and like a few other people, basically were like told the person uh, that that you know books the girls like you should really audition Sydney. Mm-hmm. So then I came in there and basically auditioned, and then like started working there the next week. So I started working wow. there in like September, end of September, twenty sixteen. Yeah, was there for like five months. So not really very long. Was not my choice to leave. So yes, yeah. I want to get into <laughs> things like that. So a couple things so what was the audition process like for you um well how did that work <laughs> i yeah i came in i i wore a costume that it was like a hand-me-down costume that nikki gave me it was like that had been hand-me-down to her as well oh wow <laughs> which funnily enough like i thought that that costume was so cool and after like a couple months of wearing it at the club they like told me to never wear it again <laughs> they were like we don't know what that costume is so I was like, oh. okay what was it like i don't know it's- but like it's probably like pro- pretty problematic too. I think it was like some voodoo like oh like thing. I don't even know. But it didn't look like anything. It had like a cape and like oh, a long whoa. skirt with like chiffon and like fur and stuff. It was weird. It was confusing. <laughs> this I can see why I didn't like never wear that again. <laughs> so I came in and I think I like I performed on the stage to two songs mm-hmm. and they were just like the they were just like the DJ and the woman like auditioning me were just like talking to each other and barely watching me as they did. and they were just like yeah that's cool you can come in on Saturday and I was like oh okay, okay. but they were like but you need hair extensions I'm like cool oh wow <laughs> um, interesting but it was really like it was my so my entry into stripping is not at all normal like for a Vancouver stripper it's complete basically I like skipped you know the whole like having to go on the circuit and yeah. like travel do I basically got the cushiest stripping job ever with literally no experience <laughs> <laughs> so an anomaly <laughs> yeah like don't try and do it that way because it won't work but honestly I really wish that I had had the experience of being on the circuit first before going there because just because I'm a good pole dancer doesn't mean I'm going to automatically be a good stripper. I Mm -hmm. think that I was a good stripper, but, you know, after I, you know, I had like a crash course in doing it. But um, I think like even just stuff like learning how to use the costumes because I wasn't used to, and again, the place where I worked really wanted the girls to have really big costumes yeah. and lots of like feathers and things to take off and like I was like big, I've big nev- feature costumes yeah it was costumes. big feature costumes yeah. so I most of my costumes were hand-me-downs or like yeah like um yeah, like really nice through, lingerie yeah actually pretty, <laughs> like a few of them I had made like if I had oh. one costume that I was actually like a my costume for pole theater uh, usa oh, no i did like way. a snow white routine and then oh. um i just like got like different like you know more sluttier bottoms like made for it or whatever <laughs> so stuff like that like i had a few things but yeah basically like scrambling to get enough costumes and then just not you know like not feeling that comfortable performing in a lot of them Mm -hmm. um so there's that just like just the ins and outs of like working in a club that I just wasn't familiar with at all like selling dances I think I was way better at it by the end but at the beginning like just not knowing anything about that and I had to rely like so much on my friends that I worked with for everything so Mm -hmm. because I just didn't know I didn't want to look stupid and I didn't like so it was kind of a weird situation where I never really felt like I fully settled into working there and I pretty much always felt like my job was on the line oh I never even really had a conversation with my actual boss like the owner of the club like I don't even know if he like knew who I was like (laughs) and I was working there like three or four days a week you know wow so so, yeah, I think maybe, like, yeah, like, I don't really, I, I think if maybe if I had had a little more experience, then I could have just focused on, like, I'm just going to do a good show because I know how strip clubs work. But instead, I was yeah. like, ah, I don't know anything. <laughs> um, it was really fun because I started stripping when I was 33, and it was really fun that everyone just always thought I was 21. I'm like, <laughs> like no. thank you. Yeah. Like, but your abs. I'm like, what are you saying? Like, what what do I you mean? think a 33-year-old looks like? Like, <laughs> I work out for my job. Like... <laughs> 
I guess thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, aren't 33 year old women supposed to be gross? Like, ew. <laughs> Actually, another side note. I, just remember, I mean, you can edit this out if you want, but I remember something funny I said. Because, like, I love to make strangers guess my age because they always. Like, and I'm like, oh, I'm 36. And like, they're like, oh, wow, you don't look 36. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Wouldn't that be disgusting if I did? And they're like, ha, 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 ha. They're so uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Please leave. Exactly. Anyways. That's so um, funny. That's, yeah. Okay. Wow. There's so many things in that it's conversation there. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of caffeine. Yeah. Okay, yeah, a few things. So I guess, yeah, your your um your entry into stripping is definitely not normal. No, as is mine. It was kind of similar too because we did everything is like like backwards. Yes, you know, know. very yeah. backwards, and also at a very later age. Like, yeah. So you're 36 now. Yeah, I'm 30. I've only really officially been on the circuit, but not the circuit only within downtown yeah. <laughs> circuit for like a year and like almost two years but like it's been really privileged mm-hmm. i want to say yeah because all of the dancers i talk to they're all like oh i had to go to fort st john or i had to go up north and i have to go to victoria and all these places and it takes you have to be like dancing on the circuit for like a year before you even step foot into a downtown club and whatnot so that's really interesting to hear that kind of perspective because I just I just don't hear it very often. So that's kind of cool. And also mm-hmm. a really cool statement that you made was you being a very good pole dancer, but that doesn't automatically make you a good stripper. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? I have some things to say about that. Well, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think what I love about stripping I thought maybe like when I I thought when I was like oh I want to be a stripper I thought I wanted to kind of do these performances like I love to perform but I thought like oh like I want a reason to show people my pole tricks or to you know put you know I just I thought that that was the driving force but really it's like I love the connections that you are making with people and Mm -hmm. like so I think like when I first started and I still and this is probably why I hurt myself so bad but I didn't yet learn the re like you don't have to go on stage and do like every trick in your arsenal and yep. like kill you and at first I was like ah! like I would just do all so much on stage like first show I'd be like busting out all my big tricks I'm like what am I doing I'm like Why? I'm warmed up there's like two people here but that was like what my how I what I would fall back on to deal with like the anxiety, anxiety. of feeling like I don't know what to do up here and then when really it's an opportunity to like really be in touch with your own body and your own sensuality and like you have to be in touch with that part of yourself in order to share it with the audience yeah so that makes a big difference yeah it makes a big difference and I also think I mean but again thinking of it like that which is kind of how I think about it of this like opportunity to like access a part of yourself that we're told is so wrong by society and then having people witness to that and if they're will like if you're with the right audience member it can be like this beautiful exchange or like this something real you know but it also means that like I get so tired because like <laughs> I like especially selling like private dances like if I do private dance like I want to make it like I want I want it to be fun for me too and yeah. you know then it should be fun for yeah, you too. Yeah, so it's right? like, you know, I try to like make a connection or something, not, you know, or I just try and make it like a special moment. But, you know, a lot of, it's not a good way to make money a lot of the time. I know. Because then I'm like, <laughs> truthfully, too, I'm just like, I gotta go sit down. Like, I don't have that many of these in me. But then you see girls selling like hundreds of dances a oh night and they just, nothing faces them. And I'm like, if someone says no to me, if I get three no's, I gotta go upstairs. I gotta yeah. sit down. Take out my shoes. I gotta eat a sandwich. Like I gotta like process <laughs> this shit. So and again, like just so I think think approaching the job or thinking of of that in that way makes it really um, enriching to my life. But it also means that like I just don't have that much energy to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's tiring, guys. Like yeah. not only are stage sets very physically demanding, like VIPing is also. <laughs> very tiring as well and you do that in between your sets so the yeah. <laughs> very yeah. tiring very tiring fun but tiring yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> can you go into i guess the reasonings as to why you stopped stripping because i remember i think on facebook you had a very lengthy post that you were let go 
Yeah. From my remember, it was so many years ago. Back in the days back when I wrote on Facebook. I'm like, I made, Facebook. A, I made a lengthy Facebook post. <laughs> Maybe it was Instagram? I think I, I made an Instagram, Instagram post. I don't know if I posted on Facebook. Some I don't think I ever social. posted on Facebook uh, about stripping really that okay. much. Or maybe I did. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember it was now, so long so ago now. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, like I said, working where I worked, it was really great because I had like a lot of my friends there. I like when I started, it was... It was the ideal situation for me because I was working at a club where they have house girls. So you just work there and you don't have to tour. I would just tell them like, these are the days I'm available and they would book you according to those days. Oh, and that's that nice. I could still teach. I could still, so I could know, I could set my schedule. I could like schedule when I was going to go to physio and like take a rest day or whatever. So that mm-hmm. was really great. But like, I never really felt like I settled in or I like, I always kind of felt like maybe they were just testing me out or I don't know what. And then after like a couple, maybe two, three months of being there, I was told that, yeah, like I basically I was told, okay, you're, we're not going to schedule you anymore, but you're still going to basically, you're on call, which will mean you're still pretty much going to work the same amount of days. It's just, you won't know until like the day of or the day before. Oh my gosh. Um, Which is true. Like I basically was working the same amount of days, but it meant that like I couldn't really plan my life. So yeah. like I couldn't really, it, it, and it also meant I felt like I, oh wow, like they don't like me. I'm not being supported. And yeah. And I, what I could have done or maybe should have done to save myself a lot of heartache was just say like, okay, well that actually doesn't work for my schedule. So it's not going to work out and left. But instead I was like, oh, okay, okay, sure. <laughs> um, uh, And uh, so I just started, like, I started saying yes to a lot of shifts that, like, I never would have said yes to a month previously. You know, say, like, I would go in, like, after going to, like, physio or Cairo for, like, an hour. And then they would say, hey, can you work? And i go work. And which is really bad for your body and stuff like that. Or I would teach my classes and then go to the club after, which Mm -hmm. some people can do. But like I said, I'm in my 30s. I can't really do that. (laughs) And then while I was at work, I would just, like... I would never rest. I would be constantly trying to sell dances. Like, con- like I just was super, super anxious about it. Yeah. And put, you know, the, the this club owner or whatever, they're on like a pedestal basically above my own well-being. Yeah. And I thought there was something I could do. And I think it made like maybe my performances not, like I feel like, I, I mean, people at that time, friends of mine are like, dude, you were strung out. Like, I was worried about you that I got, like, really, really skinny. And, like, I feel like my skin was, like, gray. And I was, like, depressed. Oh I didn't even know I was depressed. Like, I would, like, I would just be, like, in a ball. Oh, and no. then get up and, like, go to the club or go to teach. And then just, like, be in a ball. like And repeat. Yeah. And so I was, cycle. I didn't really. And I actually, again, like, I really, really reminded me of, like, drug addiction or alcoholism. I was going to bring that up. But yeah. it was... In a lot of ways, it was worse because I was actually sober experiencing it. I was so addicted to the high of being on that stage of that 20 minutes of sex and people throwing money at you. I was I was sober. It wasn't even smoking weed. It wasn't drinking. wasn't doing drugs. Nothing. But I was like completely incapable of actually taking care of myself because I would have done anything to keep that job. Yeah. Even though it was killing me. Like I didn't give a shit. And, and wow. it was like really crazy. Oh my god! But when you're in it, you're just like, and it was so strange because you know it was like an abusive relationship. When you're like, oh, but it was so great at the beginning, yeah, and like, oh, but the, you know, you make excuses, you make excuses, and, yeah, and you see it like working for other people, and you're like, well, why, you know, something wrong with me? But anyways, basically, I eventually in like February 2017, same week that I injured myself in that workshop and did Miss Pole Dance Taboo. And there was like, I think I did Retro Strip Show oh that God. week too. Oh yeah, and then I got weekend. fired. It was like oh literally God. in like a, a week period, all this stuff happened. What I was told, so who knows if this is actually the truth, but what I was told via text. <laughs> text? Yep. Oh, via God. text was that they wanted strippers with, with that had big boobs and blonde hair. Right. I remember and that. Yes, being a, it being that was a body what I was told. Thing. So I don't know if it was, an, if there was another reason. Maybe I didn't tip the DJ enough. Maybe I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'll never know really. But the fact that what I was told was that was really kind of crazy super it crazy makes, not surprising at all though like not surprising at all because those of you that don't know what i look like i at that time i'm pretty like athletic, athletic and i yeah. was not big breasts yeah and at the time i had long like i got extensions they were like pink now my extensions are brown, are brown. <laughs> very um, pretty <laughs> thank you. but yeah it was one of those things where i was like wow i did 
so much to please you. I got all the big costumes. I did. I sold dances. I was nice to people. I was, I, I, everything I thought of. And then to be told that it's like, oh, well, we just want someone with big boobs or fake boobs or whatever. But no, like no one's going to pay for that. Or I don't know. Just kind yeah, of. Yeah. Just rubs really, you the wrong way and like leaves you with yeah. a really weird impression and upsetting too. Mm-hmm. It just almost sounds like an excuse or something. It was just very, very interesting. It was almost hilarious to me, actually. <laughs> that was what I was told because it was almost so stereotypical that it was like shocking on a new level because you were like, what? I, how could this this stereotype actually be true? Which right. is strange too because most of the other girls like did like kind of looked like the I looked like it wasn't like I look, did. Everyone looked like a quote unquote stripper from the nineties, and then right. I did it. And it was like we all looked had our <laughs> similar. Own look, yeah. You know? So it was very strange. But at the end of the day, if they want to go for a certain look, that's up to them. But I think what was interesting was that it. It really raised a lot of questions around like objectification and mm-hmm. what, because I went into this experience being like, I understand what objectification is. I understand my relationship to my body. Like, I think it's totally, it, it'll work for me to, you know, consensually objectify myself and doesn't like it won't hurt me. I just thought it won't hurt me. And then very quickly, like, I learned so much about myself about, like, okay, I have no boundaries. Like, I take things personally. I'm very quite sensitive. And, you know, all these things, which if you're not aware that you are that way and managing yourself in certain situations, you can get hurt. So yeah, it can be like, very damaging. Yeah. Right? So I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Holy I can't shit. Believe, I can't <laughs> believe stripping's hurting my feelings. <laughs> what? Like, I, it was a very upsetting because so that firing and I injured myself very very badly like mm-hmm. all within a week and that's so intense yeah it was a very intense time and then I I didn't want to stop training I didn't want to stop my life so I kept yeah. going with it hurt myself more and then um took a big break after that yes. I had to was not my choice no yeah <laughs> but you know I think during that time you were able to really learn a lot about yourself mm-hmm. which I think is super super important as well so and also, I guess, during that time, would you say your time stripping has really influenced? Yes, for sure. Yeah. So it was actually a huge, in a lot of ways, a huge relief that I was forced to take this break because, like I said, I'm also a visual artist and a filmmaker. Mm. So Yeah, let's talk about your art. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> so like, the, my experience stripping just completely, like, changed my whole practice and because I had... For years, I'm like, oh, like, how do I bring pole dancing into my art practice? They feel so separate. Like, you know, finally, like, by becoming a stripper, I was like, oh, I know what I need to make. So I actually, I also shot this, this one film, like, again, the day I did Miss Pole Dance Taboo in that, I think the last, like, one of my last shifts working there, I... So I started like secretly shooting footage at the club that like nobody knew that I was doing. Oh, I really? had this like really little tiny camera? Japanese camera. It fits in the palm of your hand. Oh no way! Um, and it doesn't look like a camera at all. So I was just started like shooting whenever I was alone in the change room. I would like do these like mini performances to myself in the mirror, and like I would basically like give a private dance to myself in the mirror. And I just kind of didn't even really know what I was making. Started shooting that, and that became. And I also started talking to a plastic surgeon because this whole like do I want to get fake breasts thing or I just wanted to explore that because I was really um impacted by just the fact the very fact that as a stripper you're naked in front of the mirror talking to your friends about your body like all the time time. even pole dancers Mm. yeah it's not normal no it's not like I and I even see this now just as a teacher I'm like wow the skinnier I get the fatter I feel and the more I hate myself like unless you know it's it can be a dangerous slippery slope totally and you think oh well there's I can always improve myself so I'm like well I'm just going to explore this further and just see what it brings up for me so I went to I've met with a few surgeons and have not yet got or have not decided to get fake breasts yet Mm -hmm. who knows what the future will bring yeah Um, (laughs) but uh, anyways started making that kind of short video it was called object and yeah it was just basically um trying to understand what it means how the my relationship to my body was changing now that i was in this job where my body was an object for people to enjoy yeah even though i knew that going in i was like oh i feel something's changing and so i made that and then after i left the club i started making this film that i shot for like a few months here and there called that's why i like it which basically Mm -hmm. i shot i think i did 12 shoots but used nine dancers i just shot their butts in slow motion 
Mm. Which, again, that, that idea started because I was just always filming my own butt in slow motion. <laughs> and I would put it to different songs. And I was like, why is this the greatest art I have ever made in my life? This is amazing. Um, and, yeah, an artist colleague of mine um, really kind of challenged me to start working with other dancers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I have all these questions about what it means to be objectified for a living, how you, what does it mean to be a feminist stripper? Just, I had so many questions that came to me through my own experiences working in the industry and I had been surrounded by so many amazing, intelligent women doing this job and there's so many misconceptions and I'm like, well, if I have these questions, like other people need to know the answers to these questions. So yeah, I ended up making a three channel work where it's just strippers butts in slow motion. Amazing. the whole thing with like different color fades and it's uh, edited interview with nine different dancers um, some from Vancouver some of them from Portland from LA like cool. a lot of the dancers I worked with I didn't know previously at all and just wanted wow. to be involved with the project and like literal strangers opening their homes to me that's to amazing come and like let me like fill my butt, butt. <laughs> and, like ask them really personal questions I never had any like problems at all and everyone was so open with me. It was, like, such a rewarding experience doing that. That's shown, like, all over. A, a version of that piece was just in a show in Birmingham, like, last month. And just, yeah, it's shown oh, wow. a lot, like, all over. Where um, can you find that? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think, I can't remember. You, there's definitely, I definitely have a five-minute clip that's viewable on my Vimeo page. Vimeo, yeah. And also my, my art website. I don't know if I have the full version up because... It still shows around a bit, but yeah. if anyone gets in touch with me and wants a link, I can send them the link with the password and stuff. Perfect. Yeah. We'll yeah. plug all that stuff at the end of the show. I just yeah. got excited. I was like, ooh, I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk a bit more about what is feminist art and feminist stripping and feminism to you? Well, I guess <laughs> <laughs> feminism to me is about the equality of the sexes and, you know, it's still like it on the surface it maybe appears that things are quite equal but they're not Not. really yeah and that's especially became apparent to me working in a strip club because you encounter a lot of really great people and then you encounter a lot of people that really it's like they enter that space to treat you like garbage Mm -hmm. yeah and it really magnified everything good and bad about being a woman like just times a million because there's like no filter really in a lot of the time but i I mean i guess making like feminist art i don't know i think i just what did you mean by that I mean, I wouldn't really necessarily qualify, like, saying making feminist art, quote-unquote, is my, like, driving force. Mm -hmm. I identify as a feminist, and and I make (laughs) art. But for me, the, like, the reasons behind the making of these things came from, like, a very personal place, and Mm -hmm. it was through my own experience. This isn't something that I was, like, latching onto because it's, like, cool on Tumblr or whatever. Yeah. Um, these were questions and the the questions that came up for me were like so like the fact that I was like so anti-exotic and then completely changed like I'm like what is that about like I'm so grateful that I've had that opportunity to change my mind and open my mind and my experience and like 90% of the population doesn't do that right and I think that's a lot of the reason why I wanted to make work about it was to process my own feelings but also Mm -hmm. like for instance I went into screening of of one of the films with my sister and we had my I never talked about the fact that I was stripping I I knew that she wouldn't be cool with it or whatever she and so we just never talked about it yeah and went to the screening and I don't even think she I told her what film it was I was just like oh okay so this is like the butt film or whatever you know <laughs> and at that time it was like a longer version I've kept since made it a bit shorter and yeah. like it was really long it was actually a really uncomfortable screening and people were like not like oh my god oh my actually god. side note I have tell to tell the story me. so people were like it was a really weird screening it was like not all the other films were just super like conventional and then yeah. I was like here's just butts for 20 minutes and strippers talking and like nothing else and no break like enjoy um <laughs> and like this guy behind me was like fidgeting and um, like making sounds and like whispering to his friends and stuff and I was like getting I remember feeling I was getting so anxious and my face was getting hot and I was like you could just feel people in the room were like really Restless. uncomfortable this yeah. was in LA and then uh, it ended and he goes oh thank god it's over and I just turned around and I was 
like, that's my film. You hurt my feelings. And he was like, oh, and he was kind of like, oh, and like shrunk in his seat and didn't say anything. <laughs> and then at the end, we did like a Q&A. And like my film won like best experimental film of the Oh, yay. Thing. I mean, Congrats. Sorry, I swear. I don't know if I can swear. Of course I can of swear. Course you you swear. have no sponsors. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one's going to get mad. No, <laughs> no. Uh, oh, like. And uh, yeah, so... But afterwards, he ended up, like, asking me some really interesting questions and stuff. The same so, audience member. The same audience member oh. that was, like, dissing me to my, <laughs> to my back or whatever. So, yeah, that kind of answered your question. Maybe not really. But that's, like, yeah. I just wanted these questions answered for myself. And I knew that that it was something I felt passionate about and changing people's minds around things. Or just presenting um, other kind of perspectives because even a lot of the dancers in that film said some like not everything they said agreed with each other like and some some people kind well, it's of good to have contrast though too yeah right? exactly mm-hmm. i didn't want there to be one viewpoint but no because um, it is a complicated issue i mean like on the one hand even for myself on the one hand like stripping i really got hurt by it but on the other hand i love it so much yeah and, like, you know so wow that's yeah. incredible yeah um the art you were doing before i guess well the art you're doing now would you say it's really focused on, I guess, female body? Um, or yeah, I would say, I, like, I, I mean, after I made those films, I kept kind of, like, I started working on a series of, I started doing ceramics as well, and I started working on a series of ceramic pleasers. Yeah, that's right. Yes, that are really <laughs> awesome. I also, so I, I uh, yeah, I've, I have quite a lot of those, and people can buy them from me if they want. Um, <laughs> I also made a quilt out of, recycled stripper costumes oh cool um, yeah so i just kind of kept like going with with that theme. yeah cool. the quilt was really cool it was I, I was like oh it's like a stripper blanket you know yeah and, like and i blanket. wanted again like i wanted to make something that really like an object that embodied like the community of people that i had been a part of or how welcoming people were to me how dancers like pass down costumes to each other and like really help out new dancers and yeah, like I wanted to create an object that kind of encompassed that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I I feel like some of the stuff I'm doing now is more like generally like about fem- females in general. Maybe not as much strippers per se. But yeah, I would still love to. I, I my dream is to like have a solo show with the films and the sculptures, and then there's this performance that I want to do, and like that'd well, be amazing. Hasn't happened yet, but if anyone's listening and wants to give me a show, <laughs> you never know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. amazing. Okay, yeah. I guess like with that, we'll go into some Q and A's. A bit of questions here. Exciting. Yeah. Sorry, so, I talk a lot, so. <laughs> no, yeah. it's great. It's perfect. <laughs> you encourage it. Um, first question is. Is there any difference, different difference between artistic, competitive, and strip club dances? This came uh, from a non. Yes. So artistic, competitive, and strip club dances. Well, first, yeah. I mean, like we said before, like stripping is completely different from pole dancing. You can mm-hmm. be a stripper who does no pole, and even you're not going to usually get the most tips for doing like your hardest tricks. Yep. Like I said, <laughs> no one cares more, for that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like once in a while, but like. Even when I go to clubs, like, because I've seen so much pole, like, I don't... I'm more interested in seeing, like, a connection or, like, a dancer who's really, like, in her sensuality and her body and, like... Or maybe has, like, a very unique style of movement or something like that. Like, I'm more drawn to that. And, like, competitive. I mean, every competition is different, but, like... You know, it just depends. Like, there's so many different types of competitions that you can do, but it's definitely completely different from anything you'll see in a strip club. And, like, yeah. I would way rather go to a strip club than go to a pole competition at this point. You I, should see, like, <laughs> you should so go to boring. some, like, strip club competitions. Like, those are Well, insane. there's Amateur Night on Thursday yes, at amateur. the penthouse, which I was like, should I do that? Every month, like, <laughs> every month for the last year, I, like, matched them. I'm like, okay, I'm doing Amateur Night. And then I'm just like, you I'm should so just tired. It's we'll so see. much fun. Yeah. Like this we recorded this like right before Halloween, guys. So I mean <laughs> So find out later if I won amateur night or yes. not. Yes. <laughs> go follow up with her. Yeah. Check um, my Insta. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um and wait, artistic I mean Artistic competitive and strip club dances, yeah. I mean all of them can be artistic, but stripping is definitely a different thing. Yeah. But I think they're all art forms. So yeah, that's my answer to that question. <laughs> it's a good answer. Yeah. Um, what did you do to recover from your injuries? Resting. Oh my God, so many <laughs> All the things. things. 
Like I said, I was very reluctant to stop and I really kept making it worse because I feel like maybe if I had just rested when I initially hurt myself, it would have been okay. But I took like a week or two off and then did like a huge film shoot and then was in the hospital and then took like a week or two off and then came back to classes and then kept tweaking my neck and yeah so I didn't properly rest and it be it so yeah that's that's one thing I did uh that first I took a summer off and just like didn't train didn't do much I just meditated a lot and I then I got shingles (laughs) I took more time off so after I got shingles like I got shingles literally the day after I tried to come back to training and then was like fuck this I'm never dancing again and so yeah just stopped dancing and then I started studying Pilates and that like really 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 helped um because I had no idea about how to use my pelvic floor properly I you know like with pole you're building up all these big muscles and if you don't have the supporting muscles there to support the movements you will hurt yourself so yeah, that, I was injured all the time yeah because I just didn't know and you know always standing in the eight inch heels really bad for your back so my back was my whole body was just like gnarled basically oh, no. so that helped my journey through healing was like doing Pilates working just doing more recovery and then I got started getting prolotherapy injections and that like really changed everything prolo therapy yeah i what is that i should know what more what it is but they basically (laughs) inject so i go to a naturopathic doctor who works in a physio clinic he also does adjustments and stuff and he Mm. he basically it it injects my muscles with some sort of substance that like (laughs) speeds up yeah speeds up healing and stabilizes it all i can say is like the first time we treated my neck it was like night and day because uh, wow. everything was so loose and stretched out that like there was no rhyme or reason to when I would be in pain or not. And it was just, wow, that's interesting. yeah. So physio rest, prolo injections, meditating. I gained like 20 pounds because I just was like, I don't not moving. Well, I kind of did it on a little bit on purpose. Yeah. Well, I, cause like I said before the whole, like staring yourself in the mirror in your underwear for hours every day had made my relationship to food be like so limited and so fear-based I couldn't go on vacations I couldn't go out for dinner like I mean I would do it but I would be in a horrible mood I would be like mad at whoever put food in front of me and then I would be borderline disorder time yeah like the whole time I'm like okay I'm eating something but I'm planning like how much exercise I have to do to burn the calories oh wow so it had gotten so yeah like I just wasn't happy but you don't know because you're like but I'm skinny so (laughs) that that looks more important right (laughs) and I was like well fuck this being skinny shit like I want to eat ice cream and pizza and I don't want to feel bad about it and so I like stopped staring at myself in the mirror I didn't really even notice that I gained I don't know how much I weighed maybe I gained like 15-20 pounds at the most but I was underweight to start with but like you know I felt amazing and I'm like you know what I actually look great and like yeah okay like I had to buy like a bigger pair of pants but like as soon as I bought the bigger pair of pants I felt comfortable again and I didn't feel fat yeah you know and I didn't feel like a horrible person so that was like a huge part of it just learning to like love me for actually like who I was as a person and what I was doing in my life and how I treat other people not like how skinny I was yeah totally yeah so that lots of just inner healing and um for recovery yeah amazing yeah yeah this is a very i guess vague question okay what has the best part of your life been very oh my god this very moment right now (laughs) everything i've done has led up to this moment um the best part of my life yeah that is pretty vague um i just want to i'll just say like yeah, I just want to say like now, I, if I'm saying that the best part of my life already passed, you know, like mm-hmm. I have a, a really exciting life for the most part. I've lived in different cities and traveled and got to be a stripper. I get to be an artist. I have, <laughs> you know, good friends and family and cats and yeah. So I think like it's good to just focus on the good things in your life and not be like, what was the best moment? Yeah, you totally. Know? Me too. And there's more to come too. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I have a good life, so I'm very blessed. Yay. Yeah. Is it difficult to have a relationship when in the industry? I I would say like a little bit. I don't know. I guess it depends on the person. Yeah. Totally For me, it person. wasn't difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> so actually, I would say for me, absolutely not. Right. But depending on who the other person is, it might be. I would say that 
It's interesting because I think that, like, there's this preconceived notion that, like, oh, like, going... If you're a stripper, it's almost like you're going on dates for your job or whatever. And, like, the Hmm. person I was with at that time, like, had made comments like that to me. It was, like, it was outwardly supportive, but, like, maybe not really fully supportive. Yeah. And I I would say, like, it's completely not like that. And... (laughs) There's no, like, it is really an interesting and I think kind of almost, like, can be healthy experience to, like, yeah, it's, like, sexual what's going on, but there's boundaries and there's limits and there's no, like, I'm not going on a date with someone I'm into, you know what I mean? No. It's, like... And it's transactional, too. It's transactional. It's not, uh, like, oh, I have butterflies in my stomach for, like, this client. Like, what? No. (laughs) No. It's not, like, it's hard to explain to people who haven't done it. Yeah. But I remember thinking at that time, I'm, like, wow, it's so, like, it feels really healthy that I get to be in this job where I do get to be sexual in front of strangers and like get out that energy so I'm not like oh after five years of being with someone I'm bored I'm like my wandering eye or whatever you know what I mean it's like the opposite <laughs> yeah. of that like I wish yeah. people would see it's actually like insurance on your relationship in a way because like if you're trying to do a monogamous thing you're like oh but I get to like still be this wild crazy like sexual person but it's not like emotional or like no. actually sexual for me in any way no no so it should shouldn't be hard is what I'm saying. I'd say the only hard part would be like scheduling differences. Yeah. Like if, you know, the person you're with works all day and you work all night and then you don't get to see each other. So that, that would be, be difficult. That would be difficult. Yeah. But otherwise it's it. just like dating a normal person guys. Like it's the same. It's workers than normal people. <laughs> right. I don't know. Like I, yeah, strippers are, it's like the mildest form of sex work possible. It's like, right. Thank you. Thank you. So mild. Like I, yeah. (laughs) And if you haven't listened to the episode with Luna Luck, we talk about this guys. So go scroll back and we talk about dating. Did you release her episode already? Not yet. But (laughs) by the time this is released, it will be released. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. (laughs) No, that'll be coming out in a couple weeks. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The question, who is the greatest rapper of all time? You had time to prep for this. (laughs) Fuck, I didn't make any decisions. No. This is for my boyfriend. (laughs) Fuck, I hate this question. I don't even want to answer it. The great, who is the greatest rapper of all time? Do you want to come back to it at the end? Oh my God. No, fuck. I'll just, I'll just say something. Um, Okay, let's see. Well, like, when I was a teenager, I was really into Tupac and Biggie Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And I don't know, like... <laughs> I'm listening to a lot of Swedish rappers. Oh, what? Young Lean oh. and Blady. Cool. Listen to a lot. Who's my favorite rapper? I don't know. I kind of hate this question. I'm too nervous to answer it. <laughs> no wrong answer. <laughs> um, I would say, like, my favorite, like, right now, my favorite kind of, like, music to dance to is by this guy Night Lovell. He's okay. kind of a rapper. Yeah, I would say oh. he's a rapper. I wouldn't say he's my favorite rapper, but I would I'm just changing the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For dancing to like he has some very, very sexy songs, so I'm okay. into that. Um, Add that to my list. Yeah, I don't know who my fucking favorite rapper is. Fuck <laughs> shit. <laughs> but yeah, let's get the one troll question <laughs> That was it. <laughs> Okay, finally, some good questions. Back on track here. What made you get sober? Oh my god, this is like we have to do another podcast about this. You know, I want to have actually. Well, I I was hoping to have a podcast episode of just talking about being sober, so that might be another question for that. Sick. But um, yeah, just because I know so, so many, many dancers. So like uh, yeah, there's a lot of sober dancers. Yeah, I. I you know I had a lot of childhood trauma. I came from a family of uh, alcoholics. My father was an alcoholic. He committed suicide when I was really young, and just a lot of other stuff. Like I had a very like tumultuous childhood, a lot of death and tragedy, and then um, yeah, was just whatever. Became wow. alcohol saved me. I actually kind of feel like if I didn't be start drinking, I would have killed myself when I was a teenager. Like oh my so. Gosh. Like drinking and drugs kind of like 
became my new identity. And then I just, I mean, I just did too many of them. A yeah. lot. And I, I, but because I kind of came from a family, a lot of them went into recovery and were in AA and stuff like that. And so I saw, like, I got to this point, I was like 27, 28, um, living in London, England, like totally like isolated from my family and friends. I finished art school. I only was partying, like couldn't. And it was just like so, so, so sad. And then the things, the bad things that happened started like happening again. Like oh, no. I broke my nose when I was 20, had to get surgery. And then like seven years later, I broke my nose again oh, like, no. and had to get another surgery. Like, you know, had ruined so many friendships. Like, like I said, like had all the shame around my body it was like so reckless. And like, thank God, like nothing like I never, didn't really sustain like permanent damage to my body really I mean who knows but like <laughs> like you know I was pretty lucky like in a lot of respects but was just really really sad and depressed and ended up coming back to Vancouver like right before when I was 28 and was just like very lost and sad and I kind of mm-hmm. knew like I could just keep with this lifestyle and just keep feeling bad and the bad things keep happening and nothing changes or I could get sober and try and be the person I was always meant to be Mm -hmm. and like actually work through my traumas and actually not just like get wasted and like have a meltdown yeah you know and by the end it was like you know you kind of like exhaust all your friends you know and so the end I'm just like in Europe in a random club like on any free drug that someone will give me like cornering someone just like telling them my life story and then like seeing the look on their face like maybe you should go to therapy like you're crazy and I was like who am I like it was like an out-of-body experience like watching myself um and there's like yeah a lot so many stories but yeah we'll have to have you back on yeah for the whole thing yeah exactly but it was definitely like I feel like it was not me ending up in Vancouver and getting sober was like not my plan like it was something else like I feel Mm whatever not to get all like woo woo about it but like I did I just this is not how I would have planned my life to go right and it's like completely the right thing for me um yeah so but you got to get your kick somehow so I became a stripper (laughs) let's do boring not to (laughs) honestly I was just getting naked (laughs) Uh, but be careful not a bad choice yeah yeah (laughs) be careful guys Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess this goes to the last question too. How did, if at all, your dancing differ sober versus not sober? But I guess you were sober the entire time you were dancing. Oh yeah, the yeah. whole time. I will say, like, it was really interesting to see, like, because you know when I would start, I would kind of like my friend was like, kind of like, okay, like the first time I VIP, she was like, kind of stuck with me all night and was like, oh, go talk to that guy, that, you yeah, know, kind of directing me. And I would just observe, like, for me, I'm like, I felt like so anxious and like. I was like an open wound like there was nothing between me and the environment I was in but I would watch like other dancers have like a glass of wine Mm -hmm. and like all of a sudden they're like a slightly different person and you kind of have that substance as a buffer between you and the client or the environment or like say someone's I never really I never worked with anyone that like would ever get super drunk or like I never experienced that but even just seeing people have one glass of wine or smoke a little bit of weed or whatever it was like a safety net totally and I didn't have that at all so it was like okay I'd be like up in the dressing room like trying to meditate and like visualize like a golden like orb of light like expanding out from the center of my body like trying to and then after like a few months you're like oh I'm sick of this and then like <laughs> it was like a lot of work to stay healthy when you don't use substances yeah <laughs> not gonna lie but yeah that's I've never I've never see I started stripping in 33 and I've never been wasted while doing it so that's not amazing. your normal no, that's good. That's a good yeah. thing, definitely. I would not recommend. No. <laughs> and the last question here from me. Oh. <laughs> um, are you ever going to offer that erotica level three workshop? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was I supposed to do that? That was right before. Oh, um, yeah, right after that injury. Yeah. yeah, twice. So it was like. <laughs> I would love to do a workshop, but honestly, like. But with your uh, body, though. Yeah. I don't know if I would do like a super advanced one because mm-hmm. I don't really like train the advanced tricks ever. So yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, like maybe if I decide to like 
try a little bit harder but i don't know be careful please i know (laughs) i know that's the thing like i've and nowadays i injure myself doing fitness classes more than like oh my gosh anything like i can't (laughs) anything just anything super extreme um i can't really like handle anymore yeah you just gotta take it easy exactly but the thing is okay (laughs) it is okay and actually like my, I feel like my quality of life is better when I'm training less and like mm-hmm. it doesn't really make a difference in how I look or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Because I, I used to have this, you know, I've thought like, oh, I have to train every day and I have to do like at least three fitness classes a week and I have to only eat these certain things. And I'm like, well, I don't really think like that at all anymore. I really don't look that much different. So <laughs> what was, what was oh, I was here? actually just killing myself. Like I wasn't. <laughs> People, that wasn't like a myth. <laughs> Overtraining is bad. Like, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe we'll do a workshop soon. But we'll I'm teaching erotica level two on Tuesday nights. Um, oh, now, which unless it's getting canceled because we no nobody knows about it and oh no gosh. one's been coming. <laughs> what? Okay, wait. What? Yeah. What studio is this one? At Tantra, uh, oh, Gastown. Gaston? Oh, I guess yeah. I can plug my classes for people who want to come. So well, it's time to start. Yeah, <laughs> plugging, plugging everything now. Yes. So where can we find you? So I teach at Tantra. So right now, unless it changes by the time it comes out, <laughs> uh, Tuesday nights in Gastown, I'm teaching erotica level two and lap dance, and then I also teach exotic dance level one so exotic dance is on the pole erotic is on the floor Mm -hmm. uh at noon on fridays followed by dancer stretch that's like a really nice little combo because get to dance and then just be chill on the floor chill yeah yeah exactly i know (laughs) who thought i'd be teaching the chill classes but i am so and you can follow me on instagram so my whole page is phoenix.rose.dancer and then I also have a page for my art practice which is sydney underscore southam underscore art my website is also sydneysouthamart.com and yeah like I said I don't I haven't yet got all my sculptures and my pleaser sculptures online yet but they're really cool some of them are on my instagram maybe by the time this comes out I'll put them on my website but um (laughs) Yeah, message me if you're interested. Like, they're for sale. They're really uh, beautiful and very um, emblem of female power. And, um, yeah, what else? Uh, <laughs> if you just Google me, Sydney Southam. <laughs> just like, Google lots me. Lots of stuff come up. I have a Vimeo page. Yes. Which, you know, stuff's out there. Yeah. And, yeah, perfect. All that stuff will be below. So click the links below. And I guess, yeah, any final words <laughs> for um, this episode? <laughs> Uh, any final words let's see yeah uh, I love strippers stripping <laughs> is great um, I wish that all the clubs were owned by women that would yes. be really amazing if you've been curious about pole dancing come take a class at Tantra yes. it's a really great place um, to learn even if you know you don't ever want to be a stripper at all it's a really fun activity and really great people and um, yeah yeah, no, thanks for having me. That's really fun. You're welcome. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to Strip by Sia. And uh, yeah, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Strip by Sia on Instagram or Sia Steph, my personal one. Send me some questions. Send me some love. And we'll see you guys again next Sunday. Toodles. Bye. Produced and hosted by Steph Sia 